You know what, Sam? What? Ranta's back. Yes, he is. Coming to you from the heart of Kane's country, this is the Kaniac Report. Your number one source for everything Carolina Hurricanes, hot takes, predictions, game analysis, and NHL news. And now your hosts, Sam Wallace and Sam Driscoll. All right, guys, welcome to another episode of the Kaniac Report. We've hoped you have had a good week. And for those of you who are just tuning in, I am Sam Wallace, and um, the other person is Sam Driscoll. And what we usually do, we talk Hurricanes hockey. First, we start about NHL news and then lead into Canes news. And then we get into the Canes games and then three stars of the week from both of us. And usually when it comes to the NHL news portion, I mean, we want this to be a Kane-centered podcast, so we're very selective with what we choose. We try to pick the biggest news as possible, usually. And also, another reason, too, we like to keep it within the one-hour time frame. If we go a little bit over, that's fine, but that's usually why we pick stuff for the NHL news. So, uh, first piece of news here is that Gary Bettman has stated that there might be no Pride Nights for next season. Now, that's interesting. Obviously, we do have players coming out, like the Stahl brothers, James Reimer, and others, like Provorov, and I believe Ilya Labushkin, I believe, coming out uh, saying that they're not wearing pride jerseys. And we've stated our stance, right, Sam? Yeah, I mean, we've said, you know, it's a player's choice, and that's what we believe. Stop demonizing them. They're, you know, they're good people. The Stalls, for example, have the Stall Family Foundation. So, I mean, if you really think they're bad people, one, I think you don't believe that at all. You're just saying it to make yourself feel better. And, um, I mean, for the, I mean, just look at, you have two different camps, right? You have those who doesn't find, you know, they're, they don't hate these people. They just choose not to, to, um, to, to worship it. And that's fine. And then you have those who's, who Russians who have family in Russia and it's just not acceptable over there. And that's, Unfortunate. I mean, it's unfortunate that those people are persecuted over there, for sure. We don't support that by any stretch of the imagination. So it's unfortunate that players wouldn't would choose to not. If it's done out of a feeling of your family's not safe, that's sad that your family's in that situation over in Russia. I mean, Putin's a horrible person, so it's unfortunate that that situation. But and but it's understandable, and they, those players shouldn't be demonized at all. Because they, they feel the need to do that, and you'll do what you have to to protect your family. So, I mean, we respect that 100%. So, I mean, a stupid piece of tape and a stupid jersey, stop, 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 just stop. Just stop complaining about it. I mean, if, they, if Batman gets rid of it, people are going to whine, cry, and complain, whatever. But just stop crying. Just stop. Good Lord. You were playing. If you were, if you were out there crying and whining on the ice, someone would hit you into the boards and knock you in the next week. I mean, just grow up. Grow up. Grow up. Stop complaining. Well, I, I mean, also, too, the most important thing should be how you actively treat people. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Not based on your beliefs. I mean, let's say that, I mean, you have um, a Russian Orthodox belief like Ivan Provorov did. But you use that belief to hurt people, discriminate them. That's wrong, and yeah. we will call you out for that. But yeah. if you have that belief, and you don't use that to demoralize people, yeah, you chose not I to wear think, a jersey. Yes, who cares? 
chose not to wear a jersey. What and where, where? Where? When was it written down in a rule that that means you hate someone? I don't know. That is a huge leap that I think is just ridiculous. It just comes to the point again. You have the woke mob whose only goal is to just hurt people that don't agree with them. So just stop, please, for all that is holy. Just stop. It's hockey. Guess what? These players are going to make millions of dollars whether they wear a dumbass jersey or not. Just stop, please. It's to the point where it's almost a joke. It's a laugh of a matter. So, I mean, please. Yeah, so I, that's our perspective of of all that type of stuff. Uh, so, the other piece of NHL news that we have is that Philip Hedl with the New York Rangers signs a four-year, $4.37 million contract. I think that is good for... Uh, maybe maybe a little bit more for the player since yeah. since it is only four years, but Hedl uh, he's ste- he's been stepping it up. Yeah, good young for, player. Um, uh, the Rangers, good young forward, <laughs> good young forward, good young player, and on a good young team, so they can score goals. So good for him. And he's known to be on that very good kid line, is what they say. Hedl, Kako, and Lafreniere. Yeah, uh, yeah, and it, I mean it's a good line, but from my understanding, it's I mean Carolina kept that line in check in the playoffs. That line was not good um, in the playoffs against us. It, it's it's a, it's an ex- inexperienced line that will get better. There's some good players on that, but we'll see what happens this year in the playoffs for them. I mean, uh, but yeah, it's a, I would make the deal. It's a good it's a good contract for the team and the player. Yeah. And with only four years, I mean, that helps the player a little bit because he might get more at the end of that. And just as recording this breaking news, Tampa Bay Lightning have clinched a playoff spot as of right now. So Tampa becomes the next team in the Eastern Conference to clinch. So now you have the just quick little news here so I can pull it up. On my phone, in the standings, you have Boston, Toronto, Tampa, Carolina, New Jersey, and Washington. So the top six in the East have clinched. New York, Florida, Pittsburgh, Buffalo, and kind of like Ottawa, they're all kind of jostling for Ottawa. I think he's kind of out of it at this point because they just don't have the games in hand. They're six points out. But really between Buffalo, Pittsburgh, and Florida, I think. I think New York's going to make it. They've been playing pretty well of late. Um, I don't think – I don't know. Pittsburgh doesn't seem to want to really do it, but – uh, Tampa Bay, next team to clinch. Good for them. No, uh, only Vegas in the West has clinched. So, yeah, that, that's kind of funny that that division is so that conference is so wide open that only one team has clinched. When you have the East pretty much set for the top six and probably the probably the whole thing, it's either going to be Pittsburgh, Florida, or New York. I mean, Buffalo could have a miracle. They've got two games in hand, I suppose, on Florida and New York. So. I, I wouldn't. I guess you can argue that Buffalo's fate is in their own hands. They've got 81 points to 85, so Buffalo wins those two. Not bad. Yeah, definitely. Uh, so, uh, good news there. Now we're going to get on to some Canes news here. And I, I told you, I texted you about this, Sam, listening to 31 Thoughts. But apparently Elliot Friedman um, stated that, I mean, if you remember the controversial Matthew School against us that Saturday when we versed Toronto, even though we won, apparently Friedman reported that there were a few officials that messaged him saying that should not have been a goal that because the, um, the, call, the call was blown dead 
before Matthews was able to get a shot. And I agree with them. Yeah. I do. But it's, to me, it's disappointing in the fact that it shows that not that all the officials have kind of their own opinions. They need to be on the same page. I think every official should. In order every to official keep the cons- consistency. Every official should and goals should only be reviewed by Toronto, not the officials on the ice because their call is what's being criticized. So I my opinion is any goal looked at and I know they do it with Toronto, but the refs and the officials should not have a say once a goal is challenged, if a goal is under review, it should be an official in Toronto looking at it, making the call, not the on-ice crew, because it's human to not want to admit you made a mistake. So in that case, I think it should go to Toronto, and they should look, and Toronto should make the call, not the on-ice officiating crew. Well, so I agree with you, but I think another problem is the process itself with the officials. Like, I don't think an iPad should determine the outcome of a goal, whether a goal counts or not, in my opinion. I do think it should go to Toronto. Now, when it comes to, like, actual calls itself, like um, penalties, for example, okay, maybe you can do it with an iPad. But, again, I think when it comes to goals, because of how important it is to score in the NHL, I do think Toronto needs to deal with those more than the officials does. So, yeah, um, that's our um, perspective on that. And another thing, too, I want to go back to the Whalers night because, Sam, we didn't really talk about this. I, we talked about the game. We, we lost against Boston. Brittle lost in the shootout. But... Whalers night, besides the game, was really fun because we got to honor Skip Cunningham and Chuck Caton. Love Chuck Caton, man. I, you know, you, you grew up watching John Forslund, but we didn't have cable, so I grew up, uh, I grew up with Chuck Caton. So his calls, man, I, I, I love Chuck Caton. I, I, more long overdue honor for honestly the greatest play-by-play person in all of Carolina Hurricanes history because he started from Whalers to uh, Whalers through Carolina's recent years. So you have Chuck Kate and John Forslund are the voices of the Hurricanes. Yes, definitely. And it, it, it was just so nice. I actually, uh, after that game, I actually went back and saw the interview Chuck Caton had with both Mike and Tripp. It was so funny because they were so happy that Chuck was back with them, talking with them. It was great. Yeah, I love Chuck Caton. He's he's awesome. It's just great to honor players, you know, honor people like that who have had such a big part in the in the history. And I know some people might argue that John Forslund's voice is more iconic when it comes to the Carolina Hurricanes. But again, Chuck Caton's been with this team longer than any almost anyone when it comes to broadcasting. So I I believe it's great to have what we do. And Chuck Caton, he more than deserved this honor. 
So honestly, at that point, the only overdue honor any member of this organization is due and owed is Rod Brindamore being inducted into the Hockey Hall of Fame. That needs to happen, and that needs to happen yesterday. Yeah, definitely. And, I mean, it was really nice they honored both of those um, people with a uh, putt drop. So it was it was really nice. And also another thing with the Whalers Night too, Sam – I mean, I have an old soul when it comes to music, so I love the music that was playing. Oh, it's oh yeah, it was, was so much fun. It was so much better than what they normally have at the arena too. So I just love that. Again, that's just my opinion, but I'm an old soul when it comes to music for sure. Um, so uh, next piece of news. This is the last news, and we'll get to the Canes games. Is that Piotr Kachekov was resigned to the Chicago Wolves. And this was main. This mainly happened because Antiranta is back being healthy. If you didn't get Sam's one-liner, yes, he is healthy. <laughs> Thank goodness. Thank goodness. <laughs> I mean, Carolina's goaltending has been okay? Question mark. I think okay to bad is going to be the range they're in right now. And the only reason why I wouldn't say bad is because they've made some unbelievable saves. And Kochetkov, both Anderson and and Kochetkov, both, I think, had a great game in the last couple of weeks. But even in, like, I would say Anderson played very well against Boston. Had some unbelievable saves, but all three goals he should have had. And then he couldn't stop a single one in the shootout. So it's just the problem is, is for every good save, it's a bad goal, and it's a bad trade-off. So I'd rather one of those crazy saves go in, but you're saving those, you know, those those easy shots that are leaking through. And Ronta tonight, you know, again, we're recording most of this on Saturday night after we just watched Carolina take, uh, take out Montreal. Is Ranta, you know, he didn't have to work hard, and I don't think he had any, like, outstanding saves, but he didn't let anything soft in. So, I mean, Ranta's been good, and that's what Carolina needs to do, these 3 nothing grinded-out games. That's good. Low, low shots for Montre- Montreal. I guess it's Montreal, but don't fool yourselves. They have some good players. Yeah, um, okay. you have Caulfield, Nick Suzuki. Um, someone's hurt. I just don't remember who it is. Um, yeah, and for the, they were out for the season. Maybe it was Dvorak. No, it's one of their top younger players. I think oh, it might okay. be Caulfield. I don't oh, remember. really? Okay. One of I, I know Josh Anderson. I know because I have him on fantasy. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> so it was one of their best players because he was doing good for me, and then he got hurt. Um, but yeah, so it's just part of the reality that we 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 face. Um, but that's that's how it's supposed to be. You're supposed to grind it out and get that win and that's exactly that is exactly what the hurricanes did tonight they played a good game they actually had a good power play um they had a good penalty kill and they got good goaltending and they need a game like that. yeah no and you need that you need the from the you know from the goal out you need to be good and right now that's how carolina has to be goalie has to be good and the defense has to be great and your offense needs to do the rest Right, so those two first two things are how Carolina is going to get far in the playoffs. I still don't believe they they can do it, but we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Anything can happen once you get into the playoffs. And the thing is, you're entitled to your own opinion. If you don't think the Hurricanes are 
aren't um, going to go for in the playoffs, or even if you think they win the Stanley Cup, I think it's okay for you to have your own opinion. But also, we kind of we, part of this because we love talking about the Hurricanes. If you do have that opinion, though, if they win the Stanley Cup, as I, I, I want you to tell me why in a reasonable manner. I mean, why? at the end of the day, all we say, look, is we're we're honest when it comes to this team. We feel like we we say it how it is. We feel like we we try to be honest. We're, we we don't beat around the bush. We don't sugarcoat things. A lot of podcasts sugarcoat things, and a lot of Hurricanes podcasts one well, don't know what they're talking about uh, at all. And they clearly know nothing about hockey. But um, the reality is, Carolina does not have a purebred goal scorer. They they haven't for years. The last one was Jeff Skinner. That's the fact. If you disagree, I mean, if you want to call Aho a pure goal scorer. I don't think you can make that argument with his numbers. I think a pure goal scorer is probably doing a little bit more. A, um, a, a little bit more, but I mean, Aho, I think. I think he's a good. 30, he had 34 goals after the Montreal. He's a good tonight. hybrid between a playmaker and a scorer. He's more of a playmaker, I think, than a scorer, and that's fine. He's an elite playmaker, and I think that's an accurate statement. And I think Svechnikov's a great two-way forward. He didn't turn out to be the sniper I think Carolina wanted him to be. Doesn't mean he won't start that. He but started out as a sniper but became more of a power forward. And, and yeah, that's fine. Um, but Carolina's team, as currently constructed, given that their best goal scorer, which is still Andrei Svechnikov, and their second best goal scorer, which is Max Pacioretty, who's on the roster, are out. That's a lot of goals. So Carolina has to count on their goaltending to carry them along with their defense. And Carolina's defense is probably the best in the league, and they are the number one defense in the league when it comes to scoring goals. And in this Montreal game, your defense scored again. And um, and you're going to need goals from your defense. Yes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I remember tweeting, or actually posting this on our social media, is that I, I, I don't know if this Canes team can win without their defense contributing offensively. So you're going to need goals from your defense, and you got it against Montreal. We'll go through that game, but you're going to need offense from the unexpected areas. Yeah. I, I mean, Shea, he, he, I mean, him getting 17 goals, that's a little bit unexpected. Because yeah, he's never reached that. And, and, and who? I mean, that's just great. I mean, you get that from your, from your defense. It's what you need to get right now because you're not going to – you're going to get some from your forwards, of course. I mean, you had a great tip from Stasny tonight against Montreal. Um, but, you know, if Burns and Shea are putting the puck in the net and on goal, awesome. You get, you get your goals where you can get your goals. That's how you win hockey games, by scoring goals and shutting down the other team. Carolina does one of those very well. They can shut down another team. They, they can't win a one nothing hockey game. This team can't do that. But And there are times where they're going to have to. Yeah, and right now, when it comes to goaltending, I don't know if you can't, if you can't not start Antti Ranta game one. doesn't mean you can't go to Anderson or Kochetkov if you have to. But it gives you depth options with Ranta <laughs> coming back now. And I think before, even before he was hurt, I think Ronta has been playing the better of the three goaltenders. Anderson lets in two or three bad goals a game. Kachetkov the same. Ronta maybe one, maybe. 
So yeah. I feel Ronta's the better of the three right now, and I think and, he's and, played the better, and I think his numbers show that he's the better of the three. I have to go back and really look, but I think that's fair. Yeah, and what's interesting, too, is that Anderson and Kachekov, when you compare their styles, they're a little bit different. Um, because Anderson, he plays a very sound positional type of game. Now, one thing that he needs to work on is his movement. And that's where Kachekov, I think, play, does very well. Yeah. And I think Kachekov, his lateral movement is better than Ronta and Anderson. Kachekov, he plays a, with a little bit more an aggressive type of style. I, I see a little bit of Mrazic type of style. Because Mrazic, he was a little bit aggressive as a goalie. Um, now, I think he was a lot more aggressive than K- Kachekov is. Yeah. But I still see some of Mrazic's game in Kachekov. And I do think Kachekov's potential is higher than Anderson and Ronta. But to me, the question is, is where is his game right now compared to Anderson? So, just to go through a couple of goalie stats real quick, and then we can move on to the games, unless there's something else we need to talk about. Um, But... Just kind of wanted to go through the goalie stats. I think it's interesting, right? We don't we we don't talk all the time about goaltender stats, but we talk a lot about goal scoring and the offense and the defense. So I thought it'd be good to just quickly say about the goaltending stats, right? Goals against average. Antti Ranta, a two point three two. He's number one on the team. Number two is Pyotr Kochetkov at two point four four, and Frederick Anderson is number three at two point four seven. Save percentage, Pyotr Kachetkov leads the team at .907. This is also not counting the Montreal game, so I kind of think Antti Ranta might tie or move ahead of Pyotr for the save percentage after this one. But Antti Ranta is number two at .907. Freddie Anderson, .903. Wins, of course. Frederick Anderson, 19. Ranta, 16. Pyotr, 12. The reason, again, Anderson has played more games. Of course, he's going to have more wins. Pyotr Kachetkov with four shutouts. Ranta with three Anderson with just one again that doesn't count tonight I don't believe Ronta will have four after tonight so you have nine shutouts in the season that's really good split between three goaltenders who have all played not too many games different from each other it's really been split because Kochetkov went on a huge run in uh, the middle of the season but if you kind of want to look through and really all the stats Anderson's your third goalie except in wins because, again, he's played more games. He should have more wins, right? Goals against average. Antti Ranta is one. Anderson, three. Save percentage. Kochetkov, Ranta, so close. Anderson, third. Shutouts. Anderson, third. I think it's clear your two best goaltenders right now are Ranta and Kochetkov. We'll see. There are um, some games left in the season. Carolina's got seven left. I think you split those seven between... I think you give Anderson... Tomorrow, I would start against the Islanders. Again, we'll talk about the game afterwards. We're going to be recording on Saturday. I, I think you start I think you start Bronta again. He didn't have a big workload tonight. I no, think he didn't. You give Freddie off to think about things. You do. I think you should. I think he needs to sit and just think for a day, for a game. Another game. Like, normally he would get the start. I think you'd be like, no, Ranta's our guy right now. Give it to him. Let him start to get into a groove. He needs it. I mean, he's been out for a while, so I think giving him another game isn't uncalled for. But 
We'll see. But if you don't, you need to start Anderson your next three or four and see what he does. And if he is if he is shaky in all of those, I think you have to make a decision and go with Ronta. I think you you go with Ronta the next three or four. You start Anderson for half of these games, Ronta for the other half, but I'm not talking every other. I think you need to let them do it in stretches and see how each do to get a sample size because that's how the playoffs are going to be. They're certainly not going to rotate goaltenders in the playoffs. I would not do that. No, I, I wouldn't do that either. You need to pick a guy. I don't think Ochetkov's your starter in the playoffs. He might be. I mean, he could. Well, he very also, well could. also, I just with them sending Kachekov down, I just don't think they see him as a goalie they're going to play in the playoffs. They just see him as another option. And that's I think fine. it's going to be Anderson and, and Ronta that, that they believe. You know, if they're healthy, absolutely. Will they call Kachetkov up if the Wolves don't make the playoffs? Sure. And I don't think the Wolves are going to make the playoffs. Last, I, I could be wrong. I really haven't paid that much attention. I just know they're not great this year. So yes. You bring up Kochetkov for the playoffs. You probably bring up Jamison Reese, um, maybe Lejoie. You have a couple of play. You know, you bring up some extras for the playoffs, as you do. It makes sense. So we will see what they do. I, again, I think if they're healthy, of course, it's Anderson, Ronta. I think, you know, they're your guys. That's fine. I don't know if Ronta's not your game one starter. I don't. I really don't. I think you give him tomorrow, see what he does in a back-to-back scenario. Let him play. He's been good. His stats show he's been good. I just – I think it makes sense to give it to Ronta. I mean, if you go with Anderson tomorrow, I won't judge you for that either. It's a back-to-back game. makes sense. But I think after that, if you start Anderson tomorrow because of the back-to-back situation – I think you ride Ronta for a couple games, at least two or three, and see what he can do. Especially if he's playing really well. I don't think I don't know if you can justify it, but we've got seven games left. They need to be split evenly. I think you give Ronta four of the th- of the seven only because Anderson's been playing, as so is Kachetkov. So I think Ronta will need those games more than Anderson, and we've kind of seen what Anderson can do, and I don't think it's been good enough. Yeah, so we'll see how that goes. Um, But before we get to the games, we're going to get to our sponsor for this episode. The biggest tournament in college basketball is underway, and the action is just getting started on DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps. Right now, new customers can bet just $5 on any pregame Moneyline bet and score $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Plus, combine multiple bets for a shot that's an even bigger payout. DraftKings will be featuring parlays and odd boosts all tournament long, so be sure to check the DraftKings Sportsbook app every day to see what they have in store. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app now and sign up with the code THPN. Right now, new customers can bet $5 on any pregame Moneyline bets and get $150 in bonus bets if your team wins. Only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code THPN. Minimum age and eligibility restrictions apply. See show notes for details. All right. Uh, So the Tampa game. This was not a fun game. 
overall. It 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 just one wasn't because I honestly thought you had two teams that weren't really invested in the game. I didn't think Tampa played their best game either. But Tampa won because of goaltending. And a little yeah, goaltending and they were able to convert on their chances, which Carolina, I thought, I mean, in the first period, there were no goals for either team in the first period. But I actually thought Carolina had um, better chances in that first period than Tampa did. But Vasilevsky showed why he's one of the best goalies in the NHL and was able to shut them down. So it's scoreless heading into the second period. And you're kind of left wondering, being like, well, Carolina couldn't get a goal with some of the good chances they had in the first period. Yeah, I mean, it's... uh, You and I struggled to get into the game from the beginning. So, you know, it's not often we go to a game and we, we don't leave and we lose. We don't leave angry. But at the end of the day, you got out goalied by the best goaltender in the world. So... I'm not, you know, the the Stamkos goal was a soft one for Kachetkov, yeah, but it's Stamkos, so it's for me. It's when I look at these names, I'm like, well, Stamkos does Stamkos things. I just, I don't know if I'm going to be able to, even though it's a soft goal. I don't. It's hard for me to be angry. I could. It's, you know, I've always said this, right? I've said it so many times. If you get shut out, I will never blame the goaltender. I just will not blame the goalie. I don't think you can because if your offense doesn't score, your goaltender is not responsible to do all of the work. I think there's some truth to that. Um, but should he make some saves? Sure. Should it have been probably like a 2 nothing loss? Yeah. But the I thing mean, is that it was 5 yeah, and, and that's that was that was the, all of our goalies letting. Goals yes, right now. It, it's always been the five hole for some reason, which kind of makes me wonder: Are they practicing the five hole? I mean, again, I don't know. So they could be, and I just don't know, and I could be wrong. Yeah, and but a lot of these goals seem to be, to be doing coming from the five hole the position. Boston game. Yeah, Boston game was like almost five hole, every goal. But that Stemko's goal, that was five I just watched it. I'm just like, kind of want Kachekov to have that. Oh, no. I mean, you definitely want him to have it. Again, for me, when I saw it initially, I was like, that's Stamkos. I'm not going to criticize too much. Um, and, al- it, although I, th- I thought it was the Braden Point goal, which made it 2 nothing, um, Because that was kind of at a position to where, I mean point he comes in rushing in to the zone, high danger zone and the puck is kind of going everywhere a little bit but unfortunately hits kind of the back of Chekhov's leg and it goes yeah. in and to me I, I was more concerned about that goal than the Stamkos goal yeah he, he needs to be on against the post there so so that's the, not one you don't want to yeah. allow one from below the goal line no goalie does no, you, you cannot allow that. I had more problems with that goal than the Stamkos goal. But you go into the third period, 2 nothing, and listen, I mean, Hurricanes, they were still in it. Because if you 
get a goal here in this third period, you're back in the game, um, depending on which time, obviously, in the third period. Because, I mean, if you get your first goal within, like, the last minute, you're probably not going to win. But, I mean, we've seen this Kane scene before tying games. I mean, they tied it against Boston when they were down 2 nothing. So, you kind of never know with this team. But Tampa was able to kind of shut the Hurricanes down. Again, I didn't think Tampa played a great game. I didn't think Vasilevsky actually played a great game because there were some re- juicy rebounds that I saw Vasilevsky give up yeah. during that game as well. But, yeah, Braden Point, again, scoring. And that's when we left because <laughs> yeah. we kind of knew that Carolina just they just could not turn it on yeah. offensively. And I mean, when you can tell when a team is just kind of <laughs> so, and they were <laughs> that game. So I mean, so was Tampa. I'm not about to say Tampa was great. It's just that Vasilevsky is great because he is. If his team's not playing well in front of him, you can almost guarantee Vasilevsky's going to play well. I think the only game Vasi didn't play great this season was honestly against us, and we beat Tampa Bay six nothing. So, and that, you know, you, again, so both teams got to shut out this year against each other. I, I'm not really, this game didn't bother me too much. A lot of times games like this upset me. I, I don't know. I just, I wasn't upset about the game. I thought it was fine. You know, both teams were tired. I mean, Carolina had a really, really tough stretch. So, to, to play a game where you just didn't show up the whole game, I get it. I do. Um I was more angry about the next game. Oh, yeah, I was too. Um, but, I mean, Braden Point, he scores again to make a 3 nothing, And, I mean, I can't blame that. Maybe a little bit of good track off, but to me mostly on our defense because I don't know what um, – I wonder if it was – it might have been Shea. I can't remember. Um, but he kind of just let Braden Point – walk in and just score off the post and then that's when we just left and to put more salt in the wound Kaloran scores yeah he gets the empty netter and then that's ball game yep. so that's fine you move on you got out goalie not a big deal when Vasilevsky's on the other end yes um, and, and, so is what and, but is. the thing is that and that's Kuchetkov's last game was that Kuchetkov it was Kuchetkov and then after that game Kuchetkov goes down yes to Chicago um yeah, I think that was Kuchekov's last game. Yeah, because but Ronta backed up last uh, the other night against uh, Detroit. So, yeah, Anderson was in that against Detroit, and that's what we will get to uh, leading off. So, first period, you have I, within the first minute, <laughs> um, Kubalik scores, and to me, that's a goal again. Anderson needs to have. It's, I mean, Kubelik, he was rushing down the side of the rink. I believe it was the left or right side, how you view it. Um, I think if you view it on TV, it was kind of more on the uh, right side. Yeah. Or, or sorry, left, I think. I didn't see it live. I, uh, I was up working in the yard that day trying to get the, the yard mode before the rain came in this weekend. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, yeah, but that I, was funny because you're about to come in, actually. You're about done, and Detroit scores, and you're like, what happened? Yeah, uh, you know, it happens. Um, but, yeah, again, just a, it's, the, it's a common theme. 
Adam Gold's talked about this too. If you haven't checked his stuff out, I really recommend it. Um, we we agree with him a lot. So if you like our podcast and you haven't listened to his, please do. It's very good. It's Kane's Corner podcast. Um, he he knows what he's talking about, and we agree. And in, in this facet, for sure, Anderson has not as 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 let some bad goals in for a long time. Okay, so we um, get to the second period. Uh, Detroit's winning one to nothing. But then we a little bit come back. Again, it's your defense scoring. Hey, look, as long as we're scoring goals, you and I aren't going to complain too much. No, I'm not. But also, if your defense is the only part that's scoring on your team and you lose, then that's when it becomes a problem because it just started – it shows signs of, well, you need, you need more goals from players um, in your forward group. So, but I mean, you get get goals from Burns and Slavin. Uh, they both were just great shots on net, and and this was against Alex Nedeljkovic too, against former Hurricane. Yeah, it was. Um, uh, I guess we should have expected it. <laughs> I guess expected because uh, Nedeljkovic has only lost one game to Carolina, so. Yeah, he does. He did not like. Listen, I didn't like that trade either. I've already. I mean, said when, on when, when you look before. at what what happened, Nedeljkovic would be gone if it wasn't for his contract. Adam Gold said that too. So, um, I just I still think Nadelkovic we could have gotten just, more. That's for why. sure for how he played. Absolutely, he was a rookie of the year candidate. For who, you know, I mean, Nadelkovic played well in our system, as do a lot of goaltenders with issues, right? Yeah, because, because we have great defense, and we have great defense, your goaltending is going to get a little bit elevated. Yeah. Ronta played well in a very bad Arizona team. He did. He plays better with a good Carolina team. It's just a fact. Uh, Anderson struggled greatly in Toronto. Because he didn't have defense. But he's a workhorse, and I'll give that to Anderson. When he is healthy, he can play 67. He could play 60 games a season and do very and, – and, and that's just how he is. He can handle that kind of workload. Now, he's not going to be great every game, but he can play – he can physically play those games. <sighs> but, yeah, it's uh, – the Danilkovich trade was made a lot of people upset. I still think you should have signed him to that deal because Ned's a healthy goalie, and I still think he's a good backup. So, I mean, I get, you know, I I, get. I understand trading him. I just didn't like what we we got in that trade. I yeah. think we could have done more. Yeah, that was just my only thing. Um, so Carolina is winning in the second period, two to one. Excellent. You think they're going to win this game, and they kind of needed to. But then it's Larkin scoring um, to tie it. And I mean, was that on Anderson? Maybe a little, but Burns he was doing nothing to cover Larkin. And when Larkin is right there, yeah, right there, I don't blame prime him. position. I'm not going to blame Anderson that much because Larkin is obviously their best player on that team. Yeah, it's hard to blame a goalie. 
when it's a great player again, like my my argument for Stamkos is my argument for this one. It's Dylan Larkin, dude's could score. He's a great hockey player. He's elite. He's their best player. Which is I, why you shouldn't leave him open. Absolutely. Which is why I would definitely agree. I put some I put some blame there on on Burns more than more than Brady. more than Anderson. Yeah, definitely. So there was my issue. I don't know what Burns was doing. I wonder if he was wondering about the wilderness and the happy little trees over <laughs> in the wilderness. So, do we have to talk about the third period? Yes, we have to. Go into the third period, and all of us are just hoping Carolina doesn't screw this up. And once we get to the final minutes, I I mean, for the record, Carolina, I thought they played good through probably... um, They had a good third period. Carolina did very good. Third period. They had pretty much almost a pretty good game overall. And then the last 10 seconds, they stop skating. Yes. And Detroit makes them pay for not caring. Natchez does stupid things, screens his own goalie, and with about three seconds and change left. Again, um, I don't blame Anderson. I don't blame him on that because he can't see the puck. Yeah. And also Jarvis, who was the person that was supposed to be defending Wallman, doesn't really now granted wallman did was coming up pretty um in it pretty speedy but you can't leave a guy open like that to shoot and that's what happened i blame more of our players than the goalie in that scenario and here's the thing what got me frustrated um after that game was Brenda Moore's reaction. Um, you saw it too. I believe you're the one that actually texted it to me in the fact that Brenda Moore said, well, you know what? I think that was too many men. And you know what? It might have been. In fact, it probably was too it many was, men. It was too many men on the But, ice. and I believe I heard from Corey Lovellette also, is that there have been a lot of instances like that. Too, so I'm just kind of like, okay, so if that happens quite a lot, then probably the value of that rule kind of a little bit goes down a little bit. But also, just a quick note: um, the Devils game finished, and New Jersey did beat Chicago six to three. Carolina maintains a one point lead as of before the. Uh, we all knew they were going win. game. We all knew they were going against Chicago. We just knew. Yeah. It's just unfortunate. Uh, we play the Islanders tomorrow. Um, That's going to be a tough game. The Devils play Winnipeg, so they're not. They don't exactly have an easy game tomorrow either. Yeah. So. Yeah. So Wallman scores three seconds left, and that was so defeating. You could tell Sam after that game. I was not happy. No. I, I well, was not. We were, I was furious because I was like, "You needed to win that game. You needed to at least get a point." Yes, at least get a point. Um, I think you still need it to win, but yeah. if you get a point, then it's not that bad. I mean, you're kind of just – you and I sat there for about 10 seconds before we even said anything because we were just in shock that Carolina blew such a, a you know an important point that way away. But uh, that was just – you know, I'm, all I have to say about that is I was ashamed of the team – ashamed of their play there at the end and and, and, that was and i was a little bit ashamed of 
Brenda Morris response, which I will get back to because even though it, it was too many men, Brenda Moore, you cannot be using that as an excuse. No. and Listen, I, I am, Sam and I, we, you and I, we've both been vocal about officiating. Yeah. We both have. But you cannot use that as, as an excuse. No. As a coach, you Not can't. Not all the time. And at the all end the of the time. day, um, you can't. You, you, Carolina was the benefit of a probably would be you know either a missed call or what Pittsburgh feels was a missed call, right? They had a goal and Carolina scores the game winner in overtime. And what did Pittsburgh do? They stopped skating. So they stopped playing because they thought a penalty was going to be called. It was not. So they stopped. And they got paid. And it and, and they got burned for it. What happened here? Carolina stopped skating for either one. They thought there should have been a penalty. Or two, they thought the game was over for regulation. It was going into overtime. Nope. And they just stopped. They stopped yeah. playing. So... At the end of the day, you can't stop playing. It does not matter if the officials are crap. You can't stop just because you think there should have been a call. You have to keep playing or else you get burned. It was a gut punch. Maybe they needed it. You know what? That's what I'll go with. As maybe, a wake-up call. Maybe this is that was the kind of game they needed because they answered the call against Montreal. Which we'll get right into. So first period, you have... Again, your defense scoring. You have Shea from Stassi and Patrick. Who, Shea, he's been on a freaking roll with getting 17 goals. Like, yeah. wow. He's, and I believe he's kind of up with the league leaders in terms of goals on defense. So, good for Shea. And he's just been playing amazing. And then in the second period, you have a blast from Burns from the points. And Stassi just kind of throws the end of his stick out just to see if he could get a good tip and get a goal. And you know what? That was just such a great tip from Stasny. Stas- has two points from, in this from game. From Stasny. He has two points, look, which is great. You, you can't take Stasny. Look, and I know a lot of people know that I love Stasny, and I'm probably being biased here. You can't take him out. Cool. Terabina comes in. You can't take Stasny out. No, you, you can't. You take Pulley out. I think Stasny it's either pull. I think it's pull, either pulley Arby or step on. Yeah, I'm okay with either, but you cannot take out Stasny. Yes, and I and I think honestly, when Terra Vinan comes back, because we know he is, it's just illness. He will come back. Maybe it's against Islanders, maybe not. But I think you have a good case of scratching pulley Arby because you know. A line that was very good this game against Montreal. Stepan. Stepan, Stasny, and Jarvis. That's an unbelievable fourth line. But and honestly, I think that's more of like your hybrid second, third line. Yes. And I think the stall line should be your fourth line. Stall line had a good game too. Not about to dish them at all. They forechecked like crazy tonight and they kept the puck in deep. Good game for the stall line. Absolutely good game for the stall line. But if you want more offense, you're going to have to make them more of a fourth line type of role. Yes. Absolutely. Not a problem there. You get your third goal from Ajo. A great pass from Nason on a power play slash delayed penalty. Carolina gets a power play goal. Needed that for confidence on the power play. 
and Carolina got another two minutes as well. So that was the end of the scoring. And Drury gets a point. Drury gets a point. Good for the kid. And honestly, at the end of the day, the best story is you got your goaltending you needed. Ranta did not have to make many unbelievable saves. He could have played poker and still won this game. Probably. He made one really good save. I do remember. I think it was in the third. Maybe the second. It was third or second period. I think it was a second period. Big big blocker save. What could have made it either 2-1 to one or 3-1. to one, But it would have put Montreal right back in the game. So um, I loved Ranta's game tonight. Good for him on getting a shutout. So well-deserved. Um, again. And Hurricanes just locked it down in the third. Yeah, that was it. Carolina shut it, shut him down. It was a final. Carolina, I mean, Montreal didn't even get 15 shots on goal. So um, good for them. Uh, the next game you and I are going to go to against the Islanders. It's your last game of the regular season. Yep. Uh, we weren't going to go, but things changed. We're going tomorrow. Your last game of the regular season. My last game is on Tuesday. But and I'll be in New York next week. You so. will be in New yeah. York next week. So we're <laughs> going to enjoy tomorrow's game. It's a big day. Carolina needs to win that game because they could find themselves in second place tomorrow if they don't. If yes. New Jersey wins and Carolina loses, that is a horrible situation. Is Carolina still in control of their future if they lose? Yes, they are because they have the game in hand. But you don't want to have to worry about that game in hand. So does Carolina need to win tomorrow? Yes, they have to win tomorrow. These games are must-wins the same days that New Jersey plays. You need to win these games. You need to create some separation. Because if New Jersey loses, your magic number of games shrinks again. I don't know what those numbers are, but after tomorrow, we'll do the math. We'll talk about it at the end of the podcast, along with the three stars, kind of what the magic number is for Carolina to clinch. Because this week, it's a huge week in hockey. You got three big games. Hurricanes, I believe, need 13 points in order. That to... might be right. It's 13, 14, maybe 12, something around I there. I think I'd it's have, 13. I'd have to look at the math now that yeah. the game over is today. Um, but you have some big games. You have seven left. You have three at home, Islanders, Ottawa, Detroit. You have four all on the road, Nashville, Buffalo, Ottawa, Florida. Your home game, you need to win all three of those for sure. I would say of the remaining games, the only one you want to have to worry about is Florida. You should beat the Islanders. That's probably your, that is your potential matchup right now <laughs> in the playoffs. This is a team right now you're full steam ahead going to play against. Looks like it's going to be New York, so it's a potential playoff matchup game. So, I mean, that's good that we're going. We're going to see a possible playoff preview game, see kind of what maybe Carolina's got in store. <laughs> Next, Ottawa. They're probably out. You need to put a dagger in them. They have a lot to play for. Of course, Ottawa still thinks they can make it. You need to shut that down, take over that game. Nashville's out. I, I mean, when they're not, I guess they're not really out, but they have some hope, so I guess you can consider Nashville a team that's really going to be desperate at home. I think you need to win this game. Buffalo is going to be a team that wants to win. I mean, you're playing some teams that are kind of on the cusp, but I think Carolina can win all of the remaining games if they really, really play well. Um, it'd be great if they do, but I, you have to win at home, and I think you have to win three of the four road games. If you lose one of these at home, I think you have to run the gauntlet to win the division. It's not easy. Carolina's got an easier schedule than other teams to finish the season off. But take advantage. Their only cons- my only concern here is the Islanders are a team that wants to catch up to the they they want to they want to end the season well for their team they're probably going to play and i'm looking forward to watching it 
Yep. So let's, uh, we will get to the Islanders game. Well, that was a uh, close nail-biting game and a nice little preview against the team we're probably going to be placing off against. Well, we got to get at least at least seven more points as of right now. So four more wins? So, like, four more wins because we know New Jersey, I mean, they, they basically lost. lost the game against Winnipeg. Yeah, they lost tonight, so we, we maintain our game in hand. Plus a three-point lead. So the math becomes a lot harder for the devil. Yes, it does. So um, we'll start uh, in the first period. You have Peugeot, that's scoring. That makes it one nothing for the Islanders. Now, there is some debate on whether Anderson could have saved that or not. Um, what do you think? Um, I think it was just bad defensive breakdown. Um, I think Anderson probably should have. I mean, you, you would like him to say He's that. He swifted a little bit. So I noticed when you have Sorokin stopping everything at the other end, you kind of need your goaltender to do the same. So that was the concerning thing. But fortunately for Freddie, he was lights out the rest of the game. Yes, he was. He was doing really well. And again, this is the Anderson that we need to see in the mm-hmm. playoffs. Mm-hmm. We really do because you can tell with Kachekov being sent down. Don Waddell, Brennan Moore, they're aiming for Anderson and Ranta to kind of take the realm of goaltending in the playoffs. So that's what we're hoping is for them to have good games. Ranta, he had a good game against Montreal and Anderson. He has a game that, where he played pretty good overall uh, tonight over... The yeah. Islanders. Yeah, just hope it stays consistent. Yes, definitely. So, first period, obviously, Jean-Gabriel Peugeot, he scores to open the scoring. And, I mean, this is where the, the debate lies between some fans. Is, did Anderson, could he have made the save? Regardless, your defense didn't do their job. So, I mean, plenty of blame to go around. But at the end of the day, um, you get you get one of your own that Sorokin probably wants back um, on the first Hurricanes goal that just literally like sneaks past Sorokin. So with KK from Polio Yarvi and uh, Slavin. Yeah, that's definitely a goal that Sorokin needs to have back. And I mean, at first when Pajot he scored. I thought that was something Anderson should have had, but looking back on it now, I think that was more of our def- of a defensive error than a goaltending yeah, error. I think so. That's we go into the second period. Islanders are up one to nothing. Kings fans are already concerned. They don't want to get shut out again at home after the four nothing shutout against Tampa. But it is KK scoring from Pujarvi and Asen Pujarvi. Uh, Gets his first point as a hurricane, and there's a huge crowd uh, just applauding for that moment. Yeah, it was good for Puyarvi. I'm happy. Um, he probably should have had a goal tonight, but uh, oh, he was so close, and that was actually shortly after the KK goal. But that line looked very good, so that line might be starting to click. Um, then Aho, Natchez, Martinuk line was good. I really love that fourth line. Of Jarvis, Stasny, and Stepan. 
and the fourth line with, or the third, I guess it would be third line with Stahl, Faust, and um, Drury is good. Um, I think Drury comes out of the lineup, though, when uh, Teravine is back. Yeah, he could. Because then um, you can put, because Teravine can play on that third line. I just, I don't want to mess with the fourth line. They're playing very well. The second line is playing very well. The first line is playing very well, unless you plan to put Turbo on the first line and then move Martinook back. I mean, I still think that means uh, Jury comes out. But, I mean, if you want to take Stepan out and put Teravine in there to give it a shot, I'm fine with that too. But I don't think you, you can't take Asni out. He's been playing too good. Yeah. And it's going to be definitely very interesting to see where Teravine is going to be placed once he comes back. And, I mean, the, the, the fourth line, I think, is, has become a, its own identity right now. But I think, I think three other lines, I think Brendan Moore is probably going to be doing a little bit more juggling with so that we can find a, some good, consens- consistent performances from them. And maybe after tonight, maybe that KK Pugliarv and Nathan line, maybe that becomes an identity. Yeah. So uh, that's that's always good to see is good chemistry of three pair th- three players on on the line. So uh, KK ties it. It's one to one. And honestly, that was a leaky goal for Sorokin. And then in the third period, you have Martinuk scoring. Um, and Slavin gets an assist on this. And I mean, what a shot that Martinuk had on that. He was able to elevate it and he was able to score. And I, I think we all kind of saw because Ajo was on the other side during that rush. Yeah. I think Sorokin thought, oh, Marnuk's not going to shoot. He's going to pass it to Ajo. Ajo's clearly the best player. It, yeah, but I think what helped, too, is Sorokin might not have noticed that Ajo was clearly being hooked. So he could have 100% you know, played Marnuk and been okay because Ajo wasn't going to get a stick down in time. Um, so, I mean, Sorokin definitely misplayed that. He probably should have. He was playing the pass, not the shot, which is what the goalie's supposed to do, right? Play the, play the shot. Um, so Martinuk with a pretty nice, and he had a great shot that uh, took care of things, took care of business to uh, give Carolina the the lead, and that was the game winning goal. Yes, it was. And another thing I want to point out too, because I thought this was really funny, is Sebastian Ajo took a penalty on Sebastian Ajo. Yeah, that was funny. that was so funny. And also before the game even started, they were showing the injuries and scratches, and Ajo. Sebastian Ajo for the Islanders was on that list. Yeah, that was a big oopsies because Ajo played the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he did, but it also said in parentheses. Not our Ajo. Not our Ajo, which was just great. I loved it. Um, just a good, funny moment there. And, uh, yeah, Hurricanes win it 2-1. to one. Anything else stuck out with you, Sam, in that uh, game? The Devils lost. Yeah, Devils lost, which is really good. So Carolina has a three-point lead on New Jersey. Um, so really, at this point, it's just a matter of uh, the the math for the Devils. Obviously, gets harder as it do- you know makes sense. The Devils have five games left. They have a maximum of ten points that they can get, so they can make it up to 114 points. So the magic number for Carolina would be seven. seven but that's points. only if New Jersey wins all of their remaining games. Correct. So Carolina needs to win four. 
Yeah. They went so. four they went four of their last six and the Hurricanes will end up with a hundred and fifteen points, which will beat the New Jersey Devils no matter what they can do. Um so Carolina and that's again Carolina's a game in hand. So they're in a good they're in a good spot. They control their destiny. The Rangers best they can do is hundred and eleven points. So Carolina needs to win two games. And I think they will win the tie break against the Rangers. Um which I think is regulation wins. Yes, it is. Um, so I think, in, considering Carolina has 49 to New York's 45, I don't think that's going to be a problem there. Um, so Carolina is in a great spot. Uh, they control their destiny. The Islanders needed a win tonight pretty bad as well, given the Penguins, the Florida Panthers, both have games in hand. So now Florida is in a position where if they win their next game, I think they have the tie break on the Islanders and they will take a playoff spot. But at the end of the day, you don't want to be that number two playoff spot because then you got to take on Boston. So exactly. You're and Boston's be, just on a tear. 60 wins for Boston. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean Boston's great. The question is, they, the reality is they haven't played a meaningful game of hockey in a while. And so, we've seen it with Tampa against Columbus. So the, and, and again... I mean, if you want to go back, the President's Trophy winner hasn't won a cup in over a decade, so right around that mark. So, uh, and, we'll see. and the thing is, regardless, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Boston winning the cup because of how good they've been yeah. this regular um, season. But yeah, Carolina's well on their way. They have a, a chance to get a couple more points on Tuesday with Bobblehead Night, so I'm looking forward to that. Yes. Um, so... Three stars of the week. I'll let you go first this week. Oh, this week. Okay. So I would say my third star, uh, just kind of looking a little bit here, I would say probably, you know what? You got a shout out. I'll put Ronta as my third star. Uh, he, he did really good. I know it was just one game, but Ronta, he looked really comfortable. During that Montreal game. Granted, he wasn't challenged that much. But I'm just going to put him as as my third star. My second star is going to be... um, And, I mean... I think he's been playing a little bit better recently. I still am not the biggest fan of him. But I thought he he was part of, to me, the best line tonight against the Islanders. And that's Paul Yarby. It seems like he's playing a little bit with a little bit more umph in his game mm-hmm. recently. And to me, my number one is KK. Okay. I think KK has been playing very good throughout, uh, honestly, this past week. I think he's been very sound. He's been winning quite a few faceoffs, I know, at least for the Islanders game. And uh, he gets a goal tonight. So there might be some recency bias and. <laughs> Uh, the three stars of the week, but it's supposed to be fun. That's the nature of this. So yeah. those are my three stars. What about you? Uh, my third star is going to be Esepo Yarvi. Mainly he got his first point as a hurricane. And I'm also, I like his play. He's not scoring, but you know, he's, he's, what I love about him is the effort is there. I, I can't question that with him. And that I think is great. Um, for, for him and he just needs to keep at it. And I really feel like once he gets one, I think, I think he wants to be here. 
I think that's a true rea- I think that's a reality with him. I think there's a desire to play in Carolina. There's a desire to be here. He wants to do well here. So he's going to keep trying and he's playing. He's he's trying hard. And I'll give that to him. So he gets the third star. Uh second star is going to be um Auntie Ranta. I thought he was great and his shutout coming back. I know it's only one game sample size, but I mean reality is Ranta's been good all season. So I'm not about to not give him the respect that he's earned, owned, earned to have a, a star this week. And my first star is Brady Shea. I mean, he's just been unbelievable. So um, he had a goal uh, the other night against Montreal. He had the game-winning goal, actually, against Montreal. Yeah. So um, Brady Shea's been fantastic. So, uh, you know, didn't know he was a sniper, but apparently he is. So I will take wherever the, wherever the goals are going to come from, uh, we'll take them. So if it's coming from Shea, coming from Burns, the back end, I, I don't care. So keep keep putting them in the net. Maybe we'll get the 20. Yeah. Hey, that'd be great for Shea. Hey, oh, yeah. if he keeps scoring like that for the rest of his career, he should play forward sometimes. Yeah, right? <laughs> so, yes. Uh, well, Uh, We hope you've had a good week once again, and we will see you guys next week. See ya. Thanks for listening to the Kaniac Report. Be sure to subscribe wherever you heard this podcast so you never miss a future episode. Can't get enough of the Kaniac Report? For more content or to connect with the Sams, check them out on Instagram and Twitter at the Kaniac Report. We'll see you next time.